That's right, we back. It's Tuesday night, 8.30. You know what's going on. It's Just Riffin', and that's what we about to do tonight, Just Riffin'. I'm one of your hosts, Half Easy in the building, and I got my boy J6, C6 in the building. We got Golden here, too. We got Suze in the building, and we got our very, very special guest, our featured guest, the one and only Jen Marie. She's here with us. We're going to get to her in a little bit, so we're going to hang out and talk a little bit here and see what's going down. I got to move this phone over because Golden said move the phone because it's going to echo if you don't. And we don't want that. We had a little bit of echoing the other day, and I didn't realize it. But I did hear it on the playback. But anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, everybody. I greatly appreciate y'all being here. And uh, Sean was here at first. He was listening. We, we played some music in the beginning. I started the show a little bit early because I wanted to play some some extra stuff. So I played, uh, what was it, uh, Buena Vista Social Club, one of my favorite albums, man. If you guys and girls ever, or if you ever, if you haven't, you know, go watch it. Buena Vista, Buena Vista Social Club. It's a bunch of Afro-Cuban um, musicians from Cuba. Obviously, I said that. And uh, they all got together and they were jamming and they, they did like a documentary on this. So you can watch it and uh, listen to the music. I've been bumping that soundtrack since I'm a kid. So I ever, whenever it came out, you know, so I really love it. And uh, I got no idea what they're saying, but I, music is universal. So, um, I understand the music, which is, which is great. Uh, great, great, great album. And, uh, let's see what else. So we played that. We played, um, Austin Martin music. That was my Rick Ross. Let's go Rick Ross with, um, who was on there, Drake, and I don't know who was singing, but I, I don't know. It's a good vibe song. I'm not, it's not, I'm not 100 into commercialized hip hop, but I, I, I like the beat and I thought they moved good on it. You know, I had a good feeling to it. Uh, then we got into Busta Rhymes, uh, Abandoned Ship. I uh, quoted that earlier today. And I don't know, I love Busta. The energy Busta, you know, first group was leaders at a new school and uh, so many memories with those guys. And uh, too bad that they ended up breaking up. But I think, you know, um, Busta was the strongest one in the group And so that's that's what led Busta to where he's at today And the career that he's had solo artist So just amazing and amazing beats uh, A lot of people are um, sleeping on DJ Scratch Who is uh, one of the uh, EPMD's DJs And just an amazing producer That a lot, just gets slept on, you know There's a lot of people like that in this world That, um, you know, there's just so much And it's, it's uh, you know one of those things where you got to kind of get out there. We were talking about this today on the creator show, or I think it was creator show, but it was like, how do you get out? How do you reach more people? You know, at least my question was, you know, marketing and advertisement. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, this is just one of those things. It's part of the game you got to play. And uh, Busta did a good job doing it, you know, and Electra Records took care of him. Big ups to Dante Ross, who was the A&R at the time, and uh, they had a lot of stuff. Sorry for rambling on here about music, but that's what we're talking about here today. We're talking about music and tech and all that good stuff. So, J6, what's good in your hood? I know that you are um, not in your usual place of doing the show. So, so what's good with you, man? 
I'm on the Minitron, you know, as opposed to the Jumbotron. I'm over here on the Minitron. I had to do a little bit of traveling uh, today to multitask, as we do. Uh, but, you know, uh, it's great. Uh, I love the, uh, the music you were playing before the show. And I'm going to throw in a very shameless, because I'm not even plugging me. I'm going to plug Hefner. Oh, hold on. I thought this was a family show. But uh, Hefner... Uh, has been uh, DJing Friday Night Flavors, and he's playing a lot of great music on Fridays. I think he's been doing that on, on Fridays. Is that correct, Hef? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I want to back up, too, because I left out Jen Marie. I played her song, um, Glass. Um, you know, what a faux pas. Is that what it's called? Anyway, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to blame it. That's my senior moment for the day, everybody, okay? And I'm allowed to have one. So there is your one. All right? The last song was Jen Marie Glass, and I really like that. The beat is up. You know, I could dance to it. I don't got to put it on 45. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, I like it. I, I can, I can move and groove to it. And, and Jemery's a sweet soul. And, uh, you know, she's got some friggin' pipes, man. She's laying it down. Sure, no pun sure. intended. For sure. You know, we had the pleasure of meeting her at uh, Basel and I was a lot of style. I still, I, I dig that hat you were wearing from, from, from head to toes, you had style and your, yeah. your uh, voice is awesome as well. So it's really cool that we're all here hanging out. And uh, Golden's here, too. I, I love this uh, PFP Golden has. I want to talk more about that at some point, too. We got a lot of cool peeps in the building. And, um, you know, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, Mitt's uh, me, uh, kind of doing this remotely, so I apologize if this sounds a little funky. But, uh, you know, we are talking about music. And, uh, and has anybody here, if anybody on stage or have, have you heard of this uh, tech of, of TikTok incorporating the AI into their uh, video uh, uploads, their content uploads? I saw a little something about it. I didn't read too much into it because I'm not a TikToker. Um, so I didn't really get, get too deep into it. Because you're not a what? TikToker. Oh, okay. I didn't hear yeah. you. I didn't get cut out. Oh, so, all good. <laughs> but, tell, tell, so us, well, tell us about it, though, for real. Well, basically, uh, you know, it's, my, it's funny because my, my partner, she actually does TikTok. Uh, she, she posts stuff on TikTok, a lot of dog behavior stuff. She's a dog behaviorist. And whenever she does, she always searches. They have like a music catalog and it's just like basically Spotify. Right. So the streaming services, you can put like 30 seconds of their music clips in to uh, their videos. Well, what they're doing now is they incorporated AI into it so you can give it a text prompt like, you know, let's say you post a video up of you playing catch with your dog. You can type in play, you, you know, this text to uh music stuff you we've messed with it before with the beat yes. well it's incorporated right in tiktok now so instead of using an artist's song you're just kind of using this uh ai and you're saying hey give me a funky beat with and you can be lyrics in it too it doesn't have to be instrumental um and so they're incorporating that and it's very interesting i think it's one other great way to uh cheapen the value of artists now i'm just kidding but uh <laughs> But, well, they're trying uh, to get people. I mean, I get it, though, because TikTok is trying to get people. Maybe they're trying to get new people, you know, into their into their ecosystem there. But I also see that, um, you know, if they're going to keep the, the whole goal, the whole goal with YouTube, uh, tw uh, what is it? TikTok. What's the other one? Snapchat, even Twitter. The whole goal is to keep you on their platform. Hence, Mr. Beast and the video that he put up on on um on X, right? Got made 250 million or what 250,000 or whatever it was. A lot of money just for just putting up a video, but the whole goal was to keep people in there 
and engaged. And I, I think that's what they're trying to do to keep you more engaged in what, what, you know, the aspect of, of uh, social media for their, for their platform. That's just my opinion. I, I mean, that's how I see it. Understood. I think it's a little deeper than that myself. I think, uh, Basically, you know, just like Spotify has been shifting over the years from music, uh, they're trying to get more into podcasts because there's not as much. They don't have to have such a great relationship with the with the, with. They don't have to be in bed with the labels to make their their, uh, their business model work this way. So, in my opinion, I see that is true, and I'm not shitting on AI either. I think it's cool, I but I AI. think that they're using. Uh, but I think that they're using it as a way to uh, a possible way to maybe get people to use less of the license in music. And then this way, this will, you know, enable them to maybe strike a different deal. Like for instance, if they come the next quarter uh, to the label partnerships, they have and they say, Hey, you know what, since we've offered this AI music, uh, you know, we actually are using this much of your music. So this licensing deal we have with you, we're going to have to create a new deal because this 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 old deal doesn't work for us anymore. And let me right, give let me, you another example. Let, let me jump. Let me jump in. What? Let me what? jump in real quick. Let me jump in. Okay, so you you do that. You do that. You 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 restructure the you know the deal the the uh, uh, royalty licensing deal, right? And but nobody likes the AI music. What do you do then? People want to well, use like popular music and popular songs, and I can't see AI killing it. That's just my opinion. Okay, I'll let you finish no, on. No, you're, no, you're totally right, and they're not going to kill it at least as of now. And, yeah. and once again, I'm definitely not shitting on AI because AI is getting better at doing this every day. And uh, but it's still going to be numbers. It's it's down to numbers on a sheet. Uh, it's so if they yeah, have let's have. say ten million uh, artist streams from a streaming platform, and now it's 990 million, you know, or you know what I'm saying? If it's just a little less, it's still a different deal. Yeah. So, so it's a way for them way to for them save to money. Save. And I want to add to that by saying that Spotify for years uh, has been utilizing, uh, they would hire uh, artists, artists, like they would use like, like blanket like, writers to write this cheesy instrumental, like just generic music, and they would pad their popular EDM playlists and all their popular playlists, they would pad them with these uh, real quick, uh, like one minute songs that were just basically just, for lack of a better term, they were basically just farted out by uh, library artists real quick uh, to basically make it easier for them. To, you know, like in other words, if there's a playlist of 100 songs and 10 of them, they struck a deal with the artist hey we're going to give you x amount of dollars to give us a hundred songs they don't pay then they own those songs outright so they don't have to pay as much for the licensing and they've been doing this for years and i see ai as their next i see that, make, that make, I, I could see it i you know i know it i see it i hear it yeah yeah i agree with you and i'm not mad at it i'm just i'm not mad at any of this i want to make that clear i think this is where it's heading so we can either adapt with it 100. and find our value and figure out how to create value i hate saying create value but how to just basically find our, our place in this world that is uh changing rapidly but i'm not mad at any of this stuff but i think it's important uh for us to talk about it though 100 and i don't think you should be mad at it i think you know uh why you know i mean yeah why you know it's there the tech is there and like you said it's gonna it's getting better people like us 
that are, well, I say people like us, but people that are using AI are making it better. They're making it stronger. They're using, you know, that data is real. The data that they get from everybody using a chat GPT, every AI, I don't care, Leonardo, what's mid journey, uh, stable, stable, stable diffusion. Sorry, I can speak. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they're, they're, it's all data. They're, they're taking all your data and uh, utilizing that, whether you like it or not. And they're learning from you. They're learning from your nuances. They're learning from the questions that you're asking. They know how many times you asked a question. They know how many times you asked a question in 800 different ways to get your answer uh, because they got to give you the answer, right? The, their AI has to give you that answer, whether you're using ChatGPT or you're making music or whatever the scoop is. I personally don't think that the music is quite there yet. I, I have dabbled in it. I, it's, it seems kind of wonky. To me, uh, there is some cool stuff. Uh, and I'm not the end all here with the with the answer on this, you know. Like this is just my opinion, uh, but I do believe, like you said, uh, J6, it is getting stronger. It's going to get better, and I believe it's the people that are using it that are going to help make it stronger. And I'd like to hear from other people too that are on stage if they what what their opinion is uh, on on AI music. Since we're talking about that, if anybody wants to chime in, Golden, Suze, you're here. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I can hop in on AI music. I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like it's similar to to most AI things and just hasn't had a ton of attention on it. So it hasn't really, you know, gotten to be featured or highlight like, like, like images like, or chat GPT or some of these other things. But yeah, it's just a tool, right? I mean, if you could somehow, like, I could just imagine... And again, I don't think it's there just yet either. And I'm only about, uh, I don't know, 50% sure that it might get there. <laughs> but I, I think it would be really cool if you could just imagine and like input a prompt for like, a, I don't know, like a drum and bass beat or a break beat. Or it would give you some generic like drum track or maybe some strings. If you gave it a drum track, if it could follow string, like if it could build on what your ideas are or give you like quick little outputs that would help what you're doing, then yeah, mm -hmm. but overall like the sound of it yeah like you said i mean it's just kind of it's kind of off and weird but i mean so is ai art in general right so is the prompts that it gives you back it's all kind of weird and just off <laughs> i was like not my ai art <laughs> just i'm playing though no but you, you know what i you're you're you said something there um i don't know if you knew it or not but you did say something there where everything is kind of you put the prompt in and it kind of gives it out kind of spits out whatever Right. I want a jazz song with extra horns in it, maybe a baritone sax. And I want a, a tenor voice singing or I don't even know if they do that with vocals. But um, it's all pretty much one track where where producers, uh, I can speak for myself, like when I'm making a beat, I love to I have to separate the track. So the drums are on one track, not even the drum. Sorry, let me take that back. Let me get deeper than that. The bass drum, the kick drum is on a separate track. The snare is on a separate track, the hi-hat, so on and so forth. So I can EQ each one individually and then I can mold together, you know, my song. I can I can put it together this way. Now, I think if AI and, and J6, please jump in here, please. Um, but I think a if AI can get to a point to where you can actually tell it and you might be able to do it now. Uh, tell it, hey, I want a baseline. The only thing I could I could see where it goes wrong is that you ask for a baseline and it gives you a baseline, and then you say, I want um, a, a, you know, um, a, a melody 
uh, use the Fender Rhodes, right? And I want a melody to go with that bass line. I don't think it's going to match up. I don't think you're going to be, I don't, it's not going to be right. But I think if AI with music can get to that particular juncture, then you're, they're onto something. Right now, it's like hokey pokey. It's, it's, it's like, oh, let's have fun and let's, let's goof around with it. You know, that's, that's how I look at it. I look at the art aspect of it a little bit more seriously because, there are like stable diffusion where you, you use code, you can use code. There's different, you know, prompts, how to write the prompt to get what you want. So I think with the art, they've, they've, they're getting better with the art. I just feel like maybe more people want to be in that space of AI art. And and now I'm seeing AI movies, which is insane. Like people making, uh, you know, uh, trailers. I was following this guy, uh, I got to find his name and I'll say it later, but I think it was like big brain or Brian or Brian's brain or brain Brian. I don't know. But anyway, he made some cool stuff and it's like, here's this fake trailer I made. And it looks like a friggin' real trailer. Like, like you would see it in a movie with the AI voiceover and all music and just nuts. I thought it was like, I th- and I thought it was real. I was like, what? And he wrote in there. It's not real. It's fake. But yeah, that's my point yeah, with, with AI music. Yeah. I mean, as well, as far as the music stuff, they've been separating. I mean, it's an extra step, but yeah, you could, I mean, you could use the text prompting to create like a, a beat, a full on beat with bass horns and everything. And then you could use other AI technology. I believe it's like neural technology. There's a, a company that has it and you can upload it and then they'll separate the tracks. And then there's also uh, the part to where you can utilize this technology and utilize it as a springboard. Like you can kind of in your yeah, privacy right. text prompt create this and use it as a springboard to uh, create from which is kind of neat i do want to add this um the uh music that we hear on the radio yeah a lot of it it i mean i mean it just it could it may as well be ai i mean everybody wants to use the same settings of every auto-tune plugin and i'm not shitting on auto-tune it's really cool uh you know if you want to use that uh but and another thing so ai is like just the machine learning making these things and connections and creating it but really you know the the human that are making music that are kind of maybe stuck um who don't really know who they are yet and are using or maybe they do know who they are and they want to be like everybody else and there's nothing wrong with fitting in uh that's a form of ai as well too that's a form of artificial intelligence because you're taking a collective of what's going on around you and you're composing from it that's all cool and i'm not shitting on that you know i think it's really cool though when people uh and everybody's inspired and influenced by different things but i think it's really cool too when it's it's kind of i like it kind of rough and dirty around the edges but that's just my own personal taste uh but you know it may be rough i like i like it dirty i like it dirty too man i think you know that's what adds that spice to your music it gives a little bit of flavor you know the the spice but it's all great. And you know what? I, incidentally, uh, that Rick Ross track you played, I think it was Aston Martin Music. I dig yeah. that track. You know, Rick Ross. But I mean, you know, commercial stuff is cool, too. Like, I'm not sure on commercial stuff. Um, but, you know, it's it's all just a fun, it's a, just a fun journey, man. We're on and I, I love it all. Uh, and I love, uh, you know, I, 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 I love to see where the technology is going. And uh, also, too, like the text part, like ChatGPT, like I could see you typing in some lyrics in there and then it's spitting you out some and you don't have to use them, but it can inspire you maybe to to bring the lyrics out that you were already thinking of and maybe say them in a way that's more 
Uh, I don't know. So, I mean, I'm, I'm up for all of this stuff. I do admit, though, I'm, I'm with you, Hef, on so far what I've heard music-wise is a little, I like, I think you said hokey-dokey or something. I don't know, whatever it is, I'm with it. I like that. Yeah, hokey-pokey, though. And then you turn yourself around because that's what it's all about. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, and Suze, you got, you got something you want to say? I do. Yes, I do. In? Thank you so much. Um, I yeah. wanted to say, you know, you guys are talking about the, the AI side or the music side of AI. And the way that I see it is, you know, AI came out first, it was text, it was all for words and how to use it to create other words. And then it became how do you use text to create art? And I think next, you know, now we have text to movies uh, or to video and next it's gonna be text to music. And so, you know, again, I think it's, sort of it's a tool so learning your tool and how to master your tool and how to be like an expert prompter for music with ai is going to be you know a lane that you could be in to to utilize it i mean i've been using ai for i guess over a year now i can't even remember when i first started using it but i want to say it was over like at least a year ago and you know now i've gotten so good at getting what i want from technology as far as using it as an editor because I've used it now for so long, you know, that I've kind of figured out like, how do I tell it to do what I want it to do? And I think the same will be true for music, at maybe in another year because it's definitely slow moving. Um, but I think that that's one of those things where learning to use your prompts specifically for music and how do you talk to it is gonna be key. I love yeah, that. I think uh, that's right on point. Uh, because like you, the way you put it was so great. It's like, it's a whole separate thing. Like you have a guy that might produce, you might have a singer songwriter, like the, the young lady we had on last week, Violetta, who's just going to perform with an acoustic guitar and a voice. Then you have a guy that might work in the studio with Ableton and do EDM music. And then you have somebody that might just be a prompt using AI and text prompting. They're all different lanes and they can all be valid. I love the way you put that, Suze. Yeah, I agree with J6 and uh, great take on that, Suze, for real. Uh, by the way, I posted up something from Jen uh, Marie, our guest tonight. And then I also posted that, um, I pinned up to the top uh, somewhere, I think it's the third one, which is that guy, uh, the butcher's brain. That's what it is. And he, I'm telling you, when you get a chance, go watch this after the show. Go watch a couple of his of his. <laughs> I'm just incredible, just incredible, man. So I'm I'm impressed by it, uh, for real. And then uh, anybody on stage, you know, if you have some stuff you want to pin, some interesting stuff, or if anybody does have anything that is regarding music and AI, please pin it to the top so we can all check that out. Um, you know, also I wanted to, uh, I don't know, like you know, music NFTs. I know it's it's become this running joke. It seems like on on uh, crypto Twitter. Um, and uh, and I don't think it's a joke. I, I don't think it's a, a joke. I think that, you know, people are really trying to make a living from it. But I, I feel like, you know, the, the masses, the people are really concerned about uh, or more focused in on art um, and crypto coins, shit coins, crypto coins, yada, yada, opposed to music NFTs. And, you know, shit, you know, music makes the world go round, you know. Uh, artists that are drawing, whether they're using AI or they're, you know, professional super pro like Alien Queen, they're listening to music while they're they're while they're drawing, while they're doing their thing. Music just pushes everything along, and I I hope that music does get its light. 
I hope it gets its fair shine uh, this year, you know, quite honestly, whether not, not so much AI, but like, you know, real, real, you know, music and um, real musicians playing real music. I just, I just, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, again, this is something that I think we talked about a couple weeks ago is the thing, in my opinion, that's holding music NFTs back is how do we stream it? Yeah. Well, that's, well, that that's, would, would, go ahead. That, that was yep. going to be what I was going to ask Hef uh, uh, and, and everybody here. Like, how do you all consume music? Uh, like, what's the convenient way that you listen to music? Like, having for you, for you, for instance, like when you're going to chill out and listen to some music, how do you play it? Okay. So <clears throat> I have a plethora of music because I just, I'm fortunate. I'm going to take a little bit long on this answer, not too, too long, but a little bit longer than the average bear. Uh, I have a plethora of music because I've been DJing since I'm 12, 13. So I just have music coming out the wazoo. Okay. So a couple things. I have a hard drive with tons and tons of music on it that I either bought, got, you know, was given as promos or I recorded the actual vinyl to MP3 myself. Um, that's, when I'm doing my show on Friday nights, the Friday night flavor show, I'm playing all my music. I'm playing music that I got in my repertoire. And then when I'm chilling, I'm listening to YouTube music. I pay for YouTube premium and it, I get music with it. So I don't do the Spotify. I never liked it. I never really dug it. Um, kind of, well, I didn't, I just didn't dig it. I didn't like the way the music was set up for me. I didn't like it. YouTube music, um, I find everything that I need. It's all there. It's easy. My, I just, I'm used to it now, you know? Um, but I also, there was a company we were talking about this the other day, J6 is, is Pandora. And, and I, I never liked Pandora because it was picking the songs for me. And I was like, no, 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 I want to fucking hear what I want to hear, you know? Um, and then you told me something totally that blew my mind about Pandora that I had no friggin' idea about, you know? Um, so how do I listen to music? YouTube music. I stream it from there. Right on. How about you, Suze? Well, I'm actually shocked, Hef, because I am a vinyl junkie because I also started DJing as a teenager. And I have a ton of vinyl records. And so, therefore, I, you know, I've got my Techniques 1200 from my DJ days still. And, I love <laughs> you know, and, and, and I listen to vinyl. I sometimes listen to CDs and then I do, and then I stream, but I stream on, um, it's called TuneIn Radio. It's an app and I can listen to different radio stations like around the world. Um, and then I do use Spotify, which is, you know, the devil. Um, but, uh, so I listen to, it really depends on what I'm listening to. Um, but you know, nothing beats vinyl in my world. I agree with that. And I wish I could, I wish I could, you know, look, I, I, I don't like slugging around 80 pound crates of records to play them. You know, uh, these days when I was a kid, it was like, that was the best, you know, and it was all vinyl. I play vinyl. I go to, you know, record fairs, record shows, go, go dig and get my hands dirty and dusty. And just, you know, I had a, I have a little, I, I had three portable turntables. I have one from Japan one uh, from Vestex and one from Newmark, right? And so I would just go put my batteries in there and I would grab a stack of records from whoever and I would listen to the vinyl. That's how I, I chose my music. You know, I was, you know, awesome stuff. But I wish I could play vinyl now. It's just, 
you know, I'm not at home. Oh, like, oh. you know. I'm, I'm interested too. I I love uh, this uh, this little uh, statistic we're getting. Even though I know it's a very small control group, or maybe it's an out of control group. But how about Golden and and Jim Marie? How do you guys consume music? Yeah, lately, I mean, I I'm on YouTube Music. That's pretty much my primary. Yeah, thing, baby, YouTube Music. I don't have uh, I don't have ads on YouTube because I pay for their little thing. So that's that's really that's right. just like uninterrupted when I'm getting a stream. So yeah, that's where I go. Jen, you got a mic? <laughs> yes, I do. I do. Can y'all hear me? I hope y'all can. Yeah, yeah. Welcome <laughs> to the show. We're we're gonna give you a proper introduction, but know. we're just I, asking. I love question. I love hearing the conversations because yes, music um in Web three is in a hell and handbag right now. But we're we're making it. We're going through the the gigs. Um, mm -hmm. I actually, me and Spotify are going through a messy divorce. I don't know if I'm leaving with half or nothing, but like we're we're going through some changes. Um, but if i'm not listening to spotify i'm actually listening to youtube music as well i do pay for premium because i forget that not only does youtube have like music but they also have movies that like once they get certain rights clear they're actually on the app so it's been kind of cool but then i also listen to amazon music like i didn't know amazon music actually had a little situation on there i just go on amazon to shop but it's a nice little vibe but yeah that's why i listen to music yeah, that's right. You know, uh, that's a good point bringing up Amazon because a lot of people in here, I'm sure, have their Amazon Prime accounts. And when you have an Amazon Prime account, you automatically, for free, get a streaming platform that's almost as robust as Spotify. Not quite. Now, I'm saying that from the consumer's point, and I think it's awesome. But from the artist's point, who has a song up there, obviously, it's not such a great deal for them. And you know, I was really interested in asking this question because. I think like what Hef was saying earlier is, uh, you know, the yeah, ease of ease consumption, consumption is, that's where the future's heading. I mean, I think, you know, like people use Spotify because it might not sound the best or it might be this or it might be that, but it's convenient. I don't know about you guys, but when I'm in the car and, you know, I don't have a space age car, my car is a 2013 Corolla, shout out SBF. I think his was a little newer than mine, but uh, but anyway, I have a 2013 Corolla, but it has Bluetooth. And when I'm on the way to work, I'll be like, "Hey Siri, play such." I'll play, for instance, I'll say, "Play Jen Marie," and Siri will open up Spotify with me not touching anything, and it'll play that song. And that's freaking awesome. And that technology is there. Those development kits are here for us all to use. I mean, I'm not no coding wizard or anything, but I feel if a blockchain developer could build an app that interacts this way, I think it's kind of building for the future. It won't uh, be an instant fix. But I think if we start building with that in mind, building for ease of use and collecting artists and the application is... Uh, is basically as autonomous as Bitcoin is. It's it, it just somebody builds it and it runs. Artists add songs to it and all the transactions, there are no third parties, there are no middlemen. The transactions, okay, this song was streamed, boom, it goes into that wallet. And and then of course whoever designs and develops the app, like there's a processing fee just like there is when you use a credit card or when you you know when so, so there's processing fees involved, and that's fair. People should get paid for making shit and making cool shit, but it's 
fair fees and uh, people be able to have a realistic uh, income of uh, revenue from that. And when I say realistic, they might still have to have seven other jobs like myself and a lot of other musicians, but at least they see, oh, my song was streamed. I agreed to get paid 10 cents every time the song streamed or one cent. So since I agreed to it, uh, I'm getting exactly what I agreed to. But this vague kind of Spotify and the way the streaming platforms pay, it's kind of vague and it's not really anything anybody can kind of understand. And for that matters, even uh, now, if you get a song licensed on, on a network television, or even non-network television, there's a set rate that you get uh, from the performing rights organization. So that you kind of know what it is. But aside from that type of licensing thing, it's kind of, uh, you just kind of don't really know how you're getting paid. And that's, you know, like, could you imagine if everybody in this room, whatever we do to make our regular day gig, could you imagine like Line Trash, the hardest working man in Web3, imagine if he shows up at his gig not knowing He's putting in a 17 hour day. One day it might be a dollar an hour, and the next day it might be a hundred dollars an hour. Like, you couldn't, you can't really work, you can't really work that way. But anyway, that's so that's just some that's random it. things off the top of my head. That's right. You're right, though. That, I mean, that kind of stuff is just not happening, and, it, and it's, um, you know, it's, it's terrible. We know the streaming services, they don't pay anything to the artists, which is just not fair, but it's also, the artist that's putting their music up there. So the artist also has that right to say, you know what? It's not fair. I'm not going to put my music there. I'm going to try a different route. I, I feel that it's one of those, you can't beat them, join them type situations for a lot of musicians. And they just want to get their music up there and, and, and let it, let it do its thing. And then hopefully they can promote it to get people there. But you know, like you're a needle in a haystack, you have to market and promote. You got to, have a marketing budget. You got to advertise who you are yourself. You got to get out on the road. You got to try and get do shows. You got to get your music in front of people. You got to do something if you're, if it's not doing for you, that's my opinion there with that. I really think that, you know, the streaming services, uh, they don't care. They don't care about the music. I just, yeah, they don't care about the music. These people care about the bottom line for them, which is the money. And all of these corporations and companies do. And I will say this again. Whatever, whenever there's a company, let's say sound.xyz, they're in it for the money. They don't care if you're an artist and you, you make it. They only care that they're going to make all that money because you did make it and you're using their platform. At the end, they don't care. They just don't. They're business people. And they don't. As much as they want to say that they do, my opinion, they don't. It, maybe the the worker bees love music, love music, love music. But the dude who's signing the checks or whoever's signing the checks, they don't care. They care about the bottom line. Their accountant, bottom line. How much did we make? How much did we lose? What's going on here? Why are we losing? And we're gaining? Great. Okay. That's my opinion, that they only care about the loot. And here's another opinion. People will love me or hate me. I don't care. When it comes to music NFTs and whoever or whatever platform it's going to be, even though it might be a fair cut for the artist, they still aren't going to care. Not the artist, but the people that are running the company. They're not going to care. All they're going to care about is the money. And if they're not making enough, whatever service they're doing and whatever cut that they're giving the artist, 
they're going to end up taking more from the artist to pay for the bills, to keep the service going. They're going to be like, oh, we have to up the fee. You know, uh, next year we're going to up uh, the percentage from five to 10 now. And, and what, you know? So again, my opinion, but that's how I see it. And I, I hope that we can build something. Maybe the people can build something. You know, I don't know. It's a rabbit hole. I don't, I don't know. I'm lost here. Anybody yeah, trying yeah. to? Well, I wanted to chime in with, I mean, the beautiful thing that I see about this technology is uh, the tools are there already for us, not for, like you said, for the people to build it, but not only to build it, like, like I, mean, I mean, for it to all connect is one part of the technology, but anybody in this room can very easily, uh, you know, make a smart contract that uh, allows access to music and um, doesn't have to be on any platform. It can be on Hef platform or J6 platform or Gemery platform. Now, of course, like you were mentioning, there's other uh, components like marketing and this and that, but we, we can right now create smart contracts and put the music out that way. And uh, I agree. That's, and I you think know, that's what people are doing. I think that's exactly what people are doing. They're going to end up not making any money or if they do, they're, they're super lucky because they, it, it got picked up or someone, um, you know, looked at it. Speaking of that, I want to cut in here with what was going on. Please. If you're in this room, just like it, retweet it, let people know that you're here. Let people know that we're rocking and rolling. We're going to have Jen Marie up soon. So please do that. If you're here for the support, we greatly appreciate you there. Uh, but yeah, back to what we were talking about. You know, I, I, I just think, yeah, you got to market, you got to promote. No one's going to know who you are if you just put your stuff up there. And if you're putting your stuff up there, just to put your stuff up there, then that's, lazy mentality you know you work hard on making your music and you do this and you have a great song and then you just kind of let it sit there you got to push it you got to do something you got to uh, you got I, I, I to cut you off right there I, I, I off, because i don't please. i don't believe that's lazy is not a right word uh we all have different motives and different uh different ways we evolve as an artist and as a business person as well and uh i'm i for myself I still have a part of me and maybe it's naive, uh, but it's not lazy that I feel like my job as an yeah, artist is to create something great. great. It's not to it's get not shine or not to make money. It's, it's to make something that makes the world a little bit better. So I believe that if I make something that's truly great, the people, someone will find it and it'll cut through any algorithm st struggles and people will find it and they will share it and they will be my marketing. And if my shit isn't going to shine on it, I don't think I'm lazy. I just think I haven't created that, that thing yet. And I'm okay with that. I just work harder at it. And I really just try to find what I want to share, but that's my own personal opinion, but it's, there's lazy is not connected to that though. So I just had to chime in with that. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I had my mic on mute for a second there, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, look, we all have our own opinions of it. Um, and yeah, so that that's that's just my opinion. I'm not I'm not, and that's my opinion now. It could change, you know. But I I kind of I think the overall aspect of it is is I do feel like uh, if you just what I mean here is like if you just take your music and just throw it up there and don't do anything else, then that's lazy mentality. That's just like again my my opinion here. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but that's how I feel. Um, I want to move forward here and um, wanted to talk about uh real quick i know it hasn't i don't know if it has much to do about music but i know what's going on and i don't know if people are knowing about this magic eden uh 
uh, another platform, which I would I want, love to get music up on there, man. You know, like uh, see um, some Solana, you know, music on the Solana blockchain or even on, well, the, the Bitcoin blockchain, it's there. Violetta did something. But again, I don't, I'm still lost with the whole Bitcoin blockchain and the whole ordinals and inscribing thing. I, I still got to do more of a dive in there, dive in there. But Magic Eden is doing airdrops for people engaging you know into their into their thing now so uh didn't want to talk too much about it but i i was wondering j6 if you if you heard about that and what your what your thought was um with i that. did indeed i've been uh fucking with magic eden i guess for i don't know uh, a couple years and uh i picked up a while ago a couple years ago they had these magic tickets uh and uh they uh basically we're just kind of like saying, "Hey, yeah, I'm in the space, and I and I fuck with Magic Eden, and um, so I think there's a little bit of that involved. And then also on the platform, they one thing I'll say about them, they've been kind of giving their platform a facelift very regularly and consistently over the past couple of years, and they've been trying new things. And uh, I guess for a few months now, they've had like you can claim rewards off of yes. the Magic, like so so you can four dollars four four diamonds a day or whatever it was and then it, it goes up to 10 at the end you know seven and ten and they were doing that now that's gone I, I i went in there today to look at it and um it's gone and but now they have special special um you know other things you know that are that are going to give you coins what i did see on there which i didn't like is that they're pumping certain projects and if you buy into those projects they're going to give you 50 diamonds and then, so this whole farming thing is going to happen with people putting bids on lower, uh, you know, uh, projects that maybe don't have any liquidity. So they're going to kind of have liquidity now because there's going to be those farmers that get in there and they're going to start, you know, placing their bids on a bunch of stuff and they can afford it because it's so super cheap and they can just, you know, uh, farm a bunch of uh, diamonds, right? According to their, you know, uh, magic eating thing, what they're giving away. But I don't like the fact that they're picking three items then they're promoting it i just man i i especially projects that are over five soul like you know if you're going to do that in my opinion here pick somebody that's a less known project something that needs to boost not something that's already boosted and you're trying to boost it again you know and i, I don't know it seems kind of i don't want to say ruggy to me but it seems a little it just seems a little biased you know uh again my opinion. well I mean, I definitely, I definitely see your point with that. One thing I'll say about Magic Eden from the get-go is uh, Solana's always just in general, but and then Mag Magic Eden, they've had like their their landing uh, or their I forget their their projects, their upcoming projects. I forget what they call it, but a lot of times those projects that they would feature were very sus to me, and. Um, you know, and that's just because the space in general might not be Magic Eden's fault, uh, but they didn't necessarily vet the project. You're talking about the launch well, pad. In my personal opinion. And the launching pad, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so there's that. And then there's also what you just said, uh, and it's probably the same holds true with everything, what you were saying about the platforms you know, for music. You know, at the end of the day, you know, everybody's trying to grab the money and the market mm -hmm. share. So yeah. especially in this space, there's such a good opportunity to grab the market share that these we've seen it they're being very cutthroat they're using vampire business tactics uh they're uh 
you know, they're on the timeline. They're 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 uh, fighting each other. It's kind of it's kind of fun, funny, I guess, in a way. But uh, but I'm 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 with you on that. I think that that that's something that they're doing. That might not, in my opinion, I'm with you. I think they that might not they might not be uh, doing that in the most uh, in in a way that's I don't know. I don't want to say eth- I don't use the word ethical, but uh, you know, maybe there there's they're not super intended. Their intentions aren't super great with that. Yeah, I mean, we don't know because they're not. I mean, at least I haven't seen the transparency there, like as to why. Uh, I'll give you like a for instance. So we had this whole thing, this crypto undead thing, and it boosted up to like you know twenty soul or whatever. It's down to like ten, but they're giving away fifty diamonds if you buy into that project. It's like why, why, for what reason? What is the purpose of it? Like why not another project that's like, you know, very very inexpensive for people to get in? You know, so I don't know. I just think it's all it's all biased. That's just my opinion. That's why I wanted to bring it up because I, I wanted to see what you thought there uh, with that. I also uh, want to know what you think about you know music being on on uh, Solana. Like you know, it's not that expensive to put up or you know Tezos or anything like that. But since we're talking about Magic Eden, what's your opinion on on? And uh, we're gonna get to our guest soon, guys. Thank you so much. But we're just riffing here. Uh, so I, I want to know what your thought is on music on the Solana chain. I think uh, long-term answer answer is I think that uh, the chain it's going to be a multi-chain uh, a world that we live in. I hear a lot of people that are way smarter than me, uh, which is most of the people say that, and uh, and I I'm with it. So I think the chains won't even matter because it's just going to be like a difference of buying like a, a record on Warner Brothers or on Columbia. Maybe that's a bad analogy, but you know what I mean. But and but so that's long term. So I don't think any of this matters long term. I think whatever works. It'll be used and it'll be multiple chains. Short term, I think it's cool. Like I like as much as I know, uh, we were just talking some stuff on on, on Magic Eat on Solana or Magic Eden. I think Solana is kind of cool, uh, and I just think I don't know. Like I think like Magic Eden is kind of slick, and I know you can use other marketplaces besides Magic Eden, but I think the Solana technology is geared towards doing more transactions as of now i know we have layer twos and we have uh you know optimistic roll-ups and all this stuff on ethereum uh but uh solana seems like it's kind of solana kind of reminds me of do you guys uh remember do you ever mess with wax max wax was another chain that seemed like it was geared towards a lot of music and fun collectibles and yes, i think uh, solana reminds me yes solana reminds me of like it feels to me like a more advanced version of wax. Like it's a cooler, more advanced version that kind of took off more than wax. And I think it's cool. Like I really, and I just want to speak personally as far as, and I want to add that releasing stuff personally. My biggest problem isn't what chain. My biggest issue with myself releasing stuff is how can I release something that is actually something that's cool. People, like, in other words, a song, you can release it in so many ways. What can I use the blockchain for to make it cool? And we know there's lots of reasons, but I think any of the chains could do it well at this point. I think Solana would be great at it. And I, I love the uh, the mark, the Magic Eden marketplace. I think it looks cool and people fuck with it. It's fun. I don't know. I, I like Magic Eden. I'm not going to lie. I really like it. I've been, ha- I've been enjoying being on there. I've been enjoying buying some projects. I did buy some some uh, rare sats uh, i've been learning about that so i've just been trying to buy you know just accumulate you know have some fun and who knows where it's going to end i surely don't i really don't uh but um yeah nonetheless uh, i'm having fun on their on their platform uh, one more thing and I, I wanted to open this up to the whole room to everybody and just 
spontaneously came across my head. It's not anything that I thought about except for till right now. And this is a, a question. Do you think if there was a platform, whether you're buying art or music or film or anything on the blockchain, so you have Solana, you have Polygon, you got ETH, you got Bitcoin, who knows what else you can use, whatever coins you can use. But, and I don't know if this is even out there. Again, it's just a thought that just came up in my head. Do you feel, do you think that if there was a, a platform marketplace that had its own coin, let's say magic, let's say it was an Eden coin and you had to use your ETH, you could buy it with ETH, you could buy it with anything, Solana, Polygon, Bitcoin, whatever, you know? So let's say you wanted 100 Magic Eden coins. This way, you can go to their platform, transfer transfer your coins instead of using those particular coins to buy certain things. A marketplace that would make it easy for you, the consumer, to just hit the button after you have the Magic Eden coins in your wallet. And you don't have to do any signing. You don't have to do any weird stuff. You don't have to pay extra fees and gas, buying, selling, yada, yada, yada. Again, spontaneous thought. Go. I think, uh, I mean, I, mean, I, th- I think that, that there's definitely going to be people that are utilizing that type of uh, flow. And I think, it could, I, could, I think it could definitely work. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Like, I mean, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I've done similar stuff to, like, to this outside of the blockchain where you buy, you know, like, like when you go to, you know, I go to Chuck E. Cheese every day, you know, and, but anyway, I'm just joking there, but actually I do really like their uh, pizza, but anyway, but you know, like you go to some of these like um, arcade type of places and you go and you buy their tokens to use and then you have to, that's just the way they do it. Right. So yeah. I like Dave and Busters, right? Like Dave and exactly. Busters. Yeah. I, sure. I, yeah. Okay. So there, I, there we go. Okay. I want to go to Golden. Golden, what's your thought on that? Um, absolutely not. Never, ever in a million years. Okay. Why? No, I I just think there's, there's a couple issues with it. Of course, like a, you got to bridge your coin to their coin, which is just another swap or it's another bridge. And let's say if they made it super easy though, let's say, oh, forget about all that to decide. Right. Let's say it was just a easy thing. Bada bing, bada boom. Like then now tell me what you think. There's no, but there is no bada bing, bada boom. It's just not, you know, unless you take it off chain, maybe, you know what I mean? And then we're in a whole nother world. I like, see what you mean. So like, like magic, the chain, there has to be some type of something going on. You know, you got to interact with something somehow. Something so it, it, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm way off on this, but you know, uh, if magic Eden, um, consume some of that cost, you know, that, uh, for that initial bridge, you know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. not even the cost. Like I'm, I'm just you know the time and the the effort to, to if do you were even going from whatever coin to whatever coin, like to their coin, like that's just still an act you have to do, and just a step, right? And if you are fully immersed in their system and that's like where you did all of your business and everything, then I think it might work out. But even like trading platforms that have something similar to that, like you know, once you're in there, it's good. But like getting out can be an issue. There's there's just like little complexities with that that I think would make it a little bit different difficult i mean there have been marketplace tokens like looks looks had a token that was kind of like a reward and something you could use on their platform but there's trading stuff like kucoin has its own little kind of uh 
currency that they have too that it's not required to use anything but then it's like is there is there token, token just like a, a stable coin like something that's tied to one single value or is it does it also have its own value that's fluctuating all around too you know there's just a lot so much yeah outside of that I feel that. Yeah, that's why it was like an open open question here. You know, I, I thank you so much for your take too because I didn't really see that side of it. I mean, I understood, understand, but I didn't really look at that side. Um, so thank you so much for your take, Golden. Let's go to um, to Jen Marie. Jen, what do you think on that? Like, what's your thought if you have one? Um, you know, I I'm looking forward to token gated experiences in Web three music. Um. But I just don't know if we're like at a place now um, with technology to where it could be seamless until we get that ease correct that's like not breaking the bank. I just think that the conversation is kind of null and void, unfortunately. But I am <laughs> optimistic that some developers somewhere are working it out so that it can be possible. I, like I just don't see it right now. That. I feel that. That's why I said it's a spontaneous thought. And I'm like, uh, so this was good for uh, open conversation here because you guys are way more right than I am. Uh, so let's go to Sue's. Sue's last one. And then we're going to get to uh, to our special guest tonight. Sue's, what's your thought? <laughs> oh, you know, I might side a little bit closer to Golden than anyone else on that. I don't know how it could ever happen. I mean, if you just look at what's already happening with art, right, with, with the visual art, it's on so many chains. Like, I can't even keep track of all my wallets from my art collection. It's ridiculous. So I don't know how, um, <laughs> I, I don't know how we reach the nirvana that you speak. Yeah, yeah. And again, you know, like, um, I'm one of those uh, wanderers like you know like hoping you know wishing a wishful thinker yeah you know wishful thinker that's me uh so yeah so thank you everybody for your takes that uh is the end of our show and no, i'm just playing i'm just joking we're just kind of getting started we actually went a little bit longer than we normally do in the sense of talking but i felt like uh uh and i'm sure j6 as well because we kept it moving but like great takes and no good conversation man you know this is what the the show was about you know we're trying to um, you know, talk about different things that, um, that, you know, could either help or, you know, maybe it doesn't, you know, so that this is great. Opinions are awesome. You know, I love it. Uh, so our special guest tonight is Jen Marie. She is uh, part of the rug radio fam. That's how I know her, uh, from being in the discord. And then I found out she sang, this is going back, you know, whenever a, a year and a half ago, probably, I don't know how long ago, Jen, cause time just flies. We're already at, uh, what is it, uh, January 23rd? How you doing today? How you like me now? Um, yeah, little Como D reference there. Uh, so, yeah, Gem Marie, amazing uh, recording artist and uh, songwriter. She's from Oklahoma. They have a lot of tornadoes there, so she's definitely stirring shit up. That's a 100 right there. She has a sick-ass background in journalism. Uh, going a long time here. I don't want to uh, uh, um, age her, you know, but she's been doing it for quite a while. And she's really cool, and she's just passionate about the music and passionate about the art. She's done some cool stuff that we're going to art wise. We're going to get into music wise. We're going to get into, uh, I believe the, you know, one of her songs here. Latest songs is "Living Life." Jen Marie, make sure you check that out. We're gonna let's pin that to the top. Somebody, 
uh, J6 or if anybody could help uh, so we can get uh, people know, knowing about that. Uh, and yeah, so Gemmarie, man, I, I, I'm, you know, and your, your song uh, Glass that I played uh, earlier today, I uh, just love the, the vibe to it. But Jen Marie, I, I want to say, is a trailblazer uh, in our space. And um, there's nobody like Jen. And she's really, really cool. Like when we met in um, at our house, I knew it was her. I just knew it was her. She had this dope cowboy hat on kind of thing and had the sunglasses on. And it was Jen Marie 100%. I mean, I knew it was her. And it was so great to meet her. She's so warm, um, uh, you know, inviting and stuff. And just very, very nice, uh, a pleasant soul, pleasant soul, Jen Marie. So welcome to Just Riff and Jen Marie. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for blessing us with your presence. How are you feeling today? How's life? How are you living? Hey y'all, life is hey, good. Y'all. Life is good. It's a warm, a little warm outside. It's above freezing in the good old state of Oklahoma. Like there's no tornadoes for at least another six months. So we're good. We're good. Just hanging out, having a good time. Go. Is there ever any tornadoes in the wintertime? There have been a couple. I've actually chased one tornado in like October years ago. What do you mean? What do you mean you chased it? Like, uh... yeah, so it was near El Reno, Oklahoma, which is like South Oklahoma, and like on like the Texas, like close to the Texas border. And that's really started my career uh, in journalism. I was chasing a tornado. It was the Joplin tornado in 2011, and I was still in college, but I knew I wanted to like get a degree in journalism and some type of video. I couldn't quite put my finger on what I wanted to do, but I was like. Man, I see people going out chasing storms. Well, I want to do that shit too. It looked fun. Uh, I, I spoke too soon about that. It's cool to watch, but in the midst of it, it's like, oh no, this shit is actually dangerous. It could actually kill you. But hey, I'm yeah, doing, that, I'm doing my thing, giving the truth to the people, though. Yeah, I hear that journalism with that for real. I mean, that was a that was a damaging uh, uh, tornado. Uh, yes, yes. That one, that and then, insane. like, a couple years later, I ended up chasing uh, the more tornado, and that was the one I was like, oh, man, I I know people that lost their homes. It's not just a, a story yeah. that I go cover for a couple days and go home. It's like, oh, no, no, no. Like, I know people that don't have a house anymore. So. That's incredible there. Uh, wow. I just... I don't know. The twisters are interesting. Like that whole thing is interesting because you guys, we, we, I'm in Florida, I'm in, in Miami and we'll get like these little baby ones that happen here, which I'm like, what we get, we get tornadoes when, when we started getting tornadoes. I'm like, what? That's we're in the wrong place over here, you know? Uh, but, uh, you know, who knows, uh, what is it? El Nino or whatever the, the way the world is moving these days and is the ozone layer is messing with everything. But so, but you're in the, in the heart there with like some real deal tornadoes. Um, that's got to be scary. You don't know when they're coming or you do, or how does that work? Mom and dad, like they never, ever file an insurance claim on their house until after tornado season. So if a tornado rips through Tulsa or Northeast in like the Osage County, because we actually live in like Osage County. Um, so my mom and dad, they, they won't ever, if a tornado comes through the, the neighborhood or whatever, like they'll never get their house fixed until after tornado season because insurance they like you actually have to have certain insurance for your house if you live in this part of the country which is kind of cool but kind of sad at the same time 
Um, but my, my mom and dad are very, very, very frugal with money. So they're like, you yeah, know, we'll just patch up the house if something hits. Like there was one tornado that um, hit like Northeast Tulsa. And my mom was like, well, I guess we're just going to be patching up that side of the house until August because I don't want to pay during like pay for an insurance adjuster to come through during tornado season because you just never know it might happen again in like yeah, two yeah. weeks. Yeah, that's you're probably right. That is just crazy. And, and, and just fascinated with tornadoes. But like, so what do you do? Does everybody have like underground? Like, do you have a like, do they build houses with underground shelters? Like what? In the, like, yeah, like hurricanes. I feel bad can- for these newfangled houses because most of the house, like 90 percent of the houses across all 77 counties in Oklahoma have a house with a basement with no windows. Like that's like standard, but you have these newfangled houses and gentrification taking up some of the major cities like Oklahoma City and Tulsa, and they don't really have those houses that are built with um, basements, i.e. more. So a lot of people like you're taking a risk like those those homeowner premiums for insurance in certain neighborhoods, it'll hit you over the head every time because they're like, hey, you live in the heart of Thunder Alley you need some extra insurance just in case and your house doesn't have a basement. So we're going to have to uh, add the tax. So it's, it's interesting. It's so crazy to me. Uh, so Oklahoma, like you're, um, what is it like Texas? What What's above? Uh, okay. So whatever the top part of it, what is it? Uh, Amarillo, Texas? So, oh, oh, that's dang near Mexico. No. So I, um, we're right smack dab in the middle of like Denton, Texas and Dallas. Um, like that's like the nearest industrial city in Texas. And then like Wichita, Kansas is like above more Tulsa, like if you're going north. Okay. So there was I was driving across the country. I was actually going to um Tennessee for New Year's one one year with my whole family. They were coming up driving up from Florida and I drove from California actually. It was crazy ass freaking drive. And so I just remember driving and I was at the top of Texas going into Oklahoma and I it was I felt like I was in a movie because I, I, I just started driving into fog. It was like fog. And then like, as you look in the rearview mirror, I just was encased by the fog. And every once in a while, a cow would show up on the, on the side of the road. But in a fence, you know, like it was crazy until I got to OKC and then it cleared up. And I was like, I thought I was, I thought I was, I was like, where am I? I was hoping, you know, no tornado comes, but so crazy. Uh, You ever experienced that crazy fog? It depends (laughs) on like what time of year it is and like what the weather's like. I typically like don't, I enjoy driving because my dad's a truck driver. So I'm used to driving anything with wheels. Um, But the only time when there's ever fog, you either know like the season is changing, it's about to rain or um, there's an oil mill that's doing something that it has no business or fracking is going on in the, in the state. So that's the only time that you really ever see fog in the state of Oklahoma is bad weather fracking or something going on at an oil mill just incredible to me i mean okay tornadoes we learned everybody learned about tornadoes you learned a little about fog just just i can't just bizarre like because with hurricanes you know we can get out uh we can just we can leave like they say hey hurricane's coming just get out 
tornadoes, you have no idea that it's coming. And, and, and if you do, it's like so fast, you can't, it's hard to get out. Uh, but I want to get off that top, that subject there. And I want to get back. You mentioned mom and dad. And so I want to go back to your childhood a little bit here. And so yeah. what, what drew you to music? You know, like at what age did you realize that you can sing or even like, even that you like had a love for it? everybody in my family is musically talented. It would have been awkward if I didn't have a musical talent because my mom played piano and she sang. My uncle played um, organ and sang. My grandmother played the viola. My other uncle plays upright bass. My dad plays the uh, organ at church. So it's like, it wasn't ever like, oh, can she sing? It's like, does she like to sing? Does she like doing music? Um, But my mom was like, well, you should want to do something else. So I ended up taking up the flute and I've been a classically trained flute player for over 16 years now. Um, but nothing ever strayed me away from like actually singing and writing poems and songs. I just didn't know that it was a career because it was something just so, you know, happenstance with the family. Like every Sunday you're singing at church or every Wednesday or Thursday night you're singing at church or something. Um, so it wasn't like, oh, you know, she just has this great gift because I look around at the dinner table and I'm like, everybody can sing. That's awesome that everybody played uh, an instrument. First of all, was it your uncle that played upright bass? Um, yes, my uncle he still does. Oh, I love you. <laughs> awesome. That's is he playing in church? Um, no, he he literally just plays for fun. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, and then what about, um, let's see. Bobby Humphrey, would you say that she influenced you at all in, in music? How, do you know who that is, who I'm talking about? Bobby Dolly Parton is more so my my influence. Reba McIntyre. For singing. <laughs> okay, yeah, I got you. I got you. I'm talking more on the flute, on the flute tip. So Bobby Humphrey was a uh was a flutist, American flutist, but she uh, uh I thought maybe you would know, you know, but I'm an old man, so I know. <laughs> Who Bobby Humphrey is, but she's been sampled a lot by hip hop artists. That's probably why she's in my brain, and I knew she plays flute. Um, so, are, are you still you're still playing flute today? Uh, do you mix the flute at all into into your music into what you're doing? Actually, no. I I you I. It's so crazy because you just never know. Like I've never been one person to like hype myself up or like all the different things that I do. Um, but I started like maybe two or three years ago. I just started um, playing the flute on Splice. And like I would have like a producer like record me like doing a couple of riffs and a couple of little notes here and there and then putting them up on Splice. I didn't know that like producers actually liked the flute. Like I just assumed everybody wanted like guitars and, and drum kits and stuff. I didn't know that they like wanted flute and bird sounds. Um but now in 2024, like I'm actually being more strategic in bringing my flute to the studio with me. Um, just because like somebody, I, it was just happenstance. I was talking to somebody and I want to say last, I was at a writing camp last summer in LA and somebody asked me about, you know, a song and I was like, it would sound really cool with a flute. And one of the producers at the studio actually had a flute and he was just like, you know how to play? And I was like, Sure, I can play. And then I got done playing like a a little etude or something. And they were like, um, that wasn't just like a little trill here and there. Like you actually are playing. You know how to play the flute? And I was like, mm-hmm. 
And it was at that moment I was just like, okay, so maybe I need to start, you know, being more intentional about bringing this thing. Because it's not like it's um, a trumpet or a tube or anything. It's easy to carry around. I just don't think about it. Yeah. Let me ask you, can you play any other um, instruments? I don't know. It's not a, is it a, it's not really, is it brass? It's not considered brass. I don't know what the hell it's considered, but um, like a piccolo or any other, I seen this like girl playing this crazy baritone flute that's standing on the floor. I'm like, so could you play any other, any, any of the other flutes as well, or just a, the, the main, the normal flute? No. So I actually can play the flute oboe piccolo and a bass flute and that's the one with like the curved head joint yeah um because that's just how i learned how to play because flutes if you think about it if you look at the orchestra or whatever or any music credit at the end of a movie it's only like one or two flute players because nobody thinks that instrument is cool so there the scarcity amongst flute and oboe and other wind players is like the scarcity is at all-time high now because everybody wants to play brass or, or drums or that's the right. guitar. The oboe is so. crazy. That thing is a crazy. That's a woodwind instrument, right? Because it's got a fret. Uh, a uh, the heck do you call that thing? A I can't think. Uh, t- a reed. A reed. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, it has a reed, and it's just like a. It's on its own. It's, it's there by itself, and yeah. So mm-hmm. band, there was only one oboe player, and I think there was maybe think two, about it. Yes. <laughs> two flute players. This is right. I don't even know, for, but, I mean, after that, after the Andre 3000 album, maybe now. I haven't even listened to that. <laughs> we're gonna see now that, loutest. I love that album. I was like, come on, Andre. Come on, Three Stacks. Come on now. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> How was that album, by the way? Because I haven't listened to it. So can you tell me about it? Was it good? It's, was it bad? It was really good. I literally play it every morning for meditation now. Or when I'm at the yoga studio, like, that's what we're listening to. Because it's just so calm. I'm gonna have to bump that in. Uh, yes, what's my favorite yes. thing I heard about that album was like, or not about the album, just about Andre and flutes? Is he said he's like played flute for a couple different tracks that are out there, like he's hit recorded on some other people's stuff. He's just never done it under his name. Wow. Now I'm like always listening to tracks. Like, I wonder if that was Andre. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I had no idea, really. I mean, I, I I heard that it was a flute thing, and I'm like, man, do I really want to like get into that? And so I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm, I guess I'm gonna have to. I have to. I have to dive into it. It's, yeah, it's there. I got into it. Know how much time passed when you listen to New Blue Sun? Hmm. I will. That's a for sure. One hundred percent. The music scene in Tulsa. Tell me about it. Tell us about it. Like you know, is it is there a scene there? I, so I lived in Atlanta for years. That's when I really started like honing in on my music as a recording artist. Mm-hmm. Then I moved to New York. And then during the pandemic, I was like, you know, I don't know if I want to renew this lease here in New York. New York is a little eh. Um, But I just kind of like posted up in Tulsa to see what the Tulsa scene is like, because I'm between Tulsa and Los Angeles a lot these days, more so LA, but I happen to be in Tulsa because it's wintertime. But the Tulsa scene, when I was growing up, Kane's Ballroom, was where you wanted to be. That's where all the acts were coming through. We had Gap Band, we had Foster the People, the Hanson Brothers, um, who else? That's J6's favorite band, the Hanson Boys, the Brothers or whatever. He loves those. I, I love them so much. Um, Lana Del Rey even, like, you know, the people have just come through and it's like, 
Kane's Ballroom, it is literally a hole in the wall, but it is a staple if you want to come to Tulsa and perform. Now we have the big old Bank of Oklahoma Center where literally everybody comes. Luke Combs, Travis Scott was here a couple months ago. Like I was high during that whole concert, but I couldn't believe that he had actually like kept his date to be here. Because I was like, man, surely Travis Scott, like he, who really wants to see him in Tulsa? It was a pack. It was a sold out show. I was like, oh no, oh no, the room is spinning. But the music scene is really, really cool. And like the indie music scene is really cool. We have the Woody Guthrie Center um, where they do like artist residencies now, which I remember when that was just an idea on some damn napkin paper like years ago. But to see, you know, what it has become, I'm like, okay, Tulsa, I see you. Y'all wait till I leave, but I see you. I see you. So. That's awesome that they have a um, a, a venue uh, named after uh, Woody. Oh, yes. It's a whole museum and everything. This, this land is your land. This land. Anyway, I digress. Uh, that, that was Woody Guthrie. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, that's that's awesome. And that, okay, so LA, New York, uh, in New York, you're like, eh. But New York is a cool, it's a mecca too, as well, for music. Uh, a lot of jazz too, I know, um, NYC. LA, um, you know how was how did how did LA treat you? Uh, how was the music scene for you in LA, or were you there just to record, or what? You know what what brought you there to LA? Was it the music? My my family um, is out there. They're in like the Van Nuys and um, Ontario area, so I always grew up going back and forth to LA. Um, and this is when like Frontier was the only nonstop flight from Tulsa to LAX. Um, and I just like grew up, I got my first fake ID out in LA, like I did my first show in LA. Um, you, I learned you, know, you remember where you performed where your first show was? Oh, it was in Inglewood. I think they probably tore it like the little venue down, but it was like a little hole in the wall. It was called Catalina's. I don't know if it's still up, but it's like a little jazz restaurant. I'm not familiar with but, it, but I'm, I am familiar with Inglewood. Whoop the hoop, Hollywood. Yay, yay. But no, like, but my um my family like was in like they still live in LA to this day. And a lot of my family moved from um Louisiana to Shakota Valley where um Native Americans were in Oklahoma, and then my great great grandmother moved and settled up in Tulsa in the early nineteen hundreds. And then from there, her kids went to Florida. I have family in Orlando. I have family in St. Louis. And then I also have family in L.A. So I spent a lot of summers, like, doing the little triangle um, to make sure, one, that, you know, I left Tulsa and got exposed to another culture and different people. And then, two, it allowed me to just, you know, have family elsewhere. So just in case I, I ever wanted to leave Tulsa, I had somewhere to go. Um, and it just so happened to be L.A. I remember when um, Catch L.A., when it was first being built, and it was such a big, it's such an idea, and everybody was trying to get on the wait list, and now it's like, it's so common now. I'm like, I don't know when, it used to have to have an invite to go there. Where is this you talk? what was it you said, Catch? <laughs> the uh, seafood restaurant that everybody likes to go to now, and I'm just like, I remember when this was just a little marble slab. But you know, I guess that's progress. Progress, yeah, poor Tante. Uh, and so, uh, so you're in Tulsa now, 
And so where are you going next? Where's your next uh, move? Where are you, where are you headed? Honestly, I wanted to um, just post up full-time in Los Angeles because like ultimately that's like the setup shop. That's where I have like the majority of my music contacts and like a lot of my um, friends that I do music with between Atlanta and LA. They're both easy hubs to get to. And then what I'm doing with like music and the recording academy and stuff, like everybody just is in LA. No shade and anywhere else. It's just where the business is done. Um, I understand. Because <laughs> people no always say, well, stuff is going on in New York. And I'm like, okay, I hear you. I hear you. But where does it's everybody live? <laughs> yeah, it's a tougher spot in New York. It's like, you know, you got to. Yeah, it, it's there. The music, Like I said, the music scene is there. It's a little bit different than than L.A. Uh, I did the New York thing too when I was a kid in 91. You know, my dad's side of the family is all from Brooklyn. So I did that. And then I, same as you, I zipped out and I went to LA and that's where I kind of laid my head for 25 years and, and did my, my, my thug dizzle. Yeah. Over there was great. Uh, I, I want to talk about your, the production and how you go about like picking the right beat music you know, for your lyrics and, and, you know, vice versa, like putting them together. So how do you go about the picking the songs from the production process? I have, when it comes to like the production part, I honestly am very jaded with my like producers that I work with. Like I'm super picky and I'm, I'm getting out of my box. But I usually go for producers that like play an instrument because it, it make you can tell it in the production if they do. Um, and I'll find somebody that's on like keys, like my friend Willis, who is like he produces a lot of my stuff. Um, my friend Black, he's from Phoenix, he produces a lot of my stuff. They all play. Um, I'm building up my roster of female producers. I've been searching high and low for like really dope female producers because I'm like. I can't have like all males producing my shit like that. I can't be singing about feminism and I don't have any female led production. But I, I usually like talk to um, my producers about the sound that I'm li listening to. Um, right now, I've really been listening to um, India Ari's early music, um, Whitney Houston's "I'm Your Baby Tonight" album, like just the the sounds of those albums. Um, and I'm like, you know, this is what I want. I want guitar here. I want a song with a horn. Um, and then I'll send vo voice notes. Sometimes they're in tune. Sometimes they're not. Like I will pull over um, or I'll be like, hey, I need to step outside and hum a chord. And then like be like, oh, hey, this is what I'm thinking. Here's the basis of the song idea that I have um, because I don't want to forget. And then like I've worked with like my producers enough to where they're like, OK, I, I can kind of get, you know, uh, just of what you're uh, looking for because there's like a couple of songs in the vault now that like literally the voice notes are a part of the song as a part of the production because they're like this actually goes um but yeah no or sometimes i'll sing acapella um confidence uh it's a song that i released i want to say either last year or the year before i sang um the first verse acapella and my producer willis built a whole track around it just off the acapellas that's so when so you get cool. like that, it's like, oh, do I want to step out and branch out and test somebody else? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, though. Uh, you, you said your influences with, with singing a little bit here was Dolly and Reba, you know, which is on the country side of things. But your music reflects a different different 
uh, visual, right? Um, how does yeah. your music, how does, how does your music and the art uh, enhance, uh, let's say, the storytelling in your music? You know, if sometimes I tell people all the time, if you really listen to my lyrics, they're really, really sad. They're just the upbeat songs. Like I really make sad girl music, but we're just dancing while we sing about sad shit. Um, because that's just, you know, my background in R&B gospel country, like that literally, that's all I grew up listening to. But then I also lived a very, very suburban life when uh, acts like, you know, Green Day, you know, St. Lucia, Avril Lavigne, Christina Aguilera were on the come up to where it's like, okay, these are pop stars, these are really nice bands. Um, so they kind of reflect, my artistry reflects what I grew up listening to mixed with the foundation of the music that was played early on in the house with my parents. Me and my mom would often have like Saturday night slow jam because we would have like the six disc um, CD player with the remote. Like I thought we were, when my mom replaced her vinyl with like the six disc CD changer, I was like, we're rich at this point. Um, but she didn't, she didn't do anything but move the um, vinyl to the other room, but she never got rid of it. Um, but she would, we would have all kind of uh, Kenny G, we'd have Fat Cat Players, we'd have Quincy Jones, we would have Take Six. Like, it was a bunch of stuff. Like, my taste is so eclectic. It really depends on, like, what's going on in my life at the time based on what I want to create, like, the type of music I want to create. Very cool. You know, uh, all those artists you named, and then the way you were talking about the way you're you're really picky with your producers. You can definitely hear that, everything, all that in your music. Uh, I was uh, listening to a bunch of your tracks uh, earlier today, and the production sounds totally pro, and uh, your voice sounds awesome, too. But, I mean, you hear... like uh, you hear those elements in your in your music, even though it I would I would call it. I mean, if if I was gonna the genre, I would say it's R and B, right? But and I, I love the way you said that you, there's it's sad girl music to up tempo stuff though too, because I think that's the magic of music. You know, you can be dancing uh, while you're getting something off your chest. And uh, I'm wondering with your uh, background as a as a musician uh, playing the flute. And uh, you were talking about Splice, and I know uh, Hef has messed around in Splice as well. Have you um, have you dipped have you into dipped any of the, the the DAWs though, like to uh, to mess around with production, or you just would rather focus on the writing aspect and and leave it to people that are are doing it? Because you are a musician yourself. Uh, that is literally on like my my vision board this year. Um, some my producer Willis that produces a lot of my records uh, last year, he was like, you really need to get serious about producing because you are a producer just because you might not get the, the different systems down or understand the difference between like a, a beat kit and a MIDI keyboard. Like you do produce. Um, and I was just like, no, I don't. I just tell y'all what to do. He was just like, what do you think a producer's job is? I'm like, to make the music he was just like you don't make the music I'm like I just lead you know and just tell y'all what I'm thinking um but like he challenged me like with the flute hey bring your flute to the studio or hey you know what are you thinking sometimes my vocals will be a part of you know different production he just kind of priming me 
to think of myself as a producer. So this year, um, when y'all hear flutes on my new songs and like later on the album this year, that's me stretching to be like more of a producer, songwriter, singer, as opposed to just saying I'm just an artist. Um, But I struggle with that. That was one of my like um, insecurities because I'm like, man, I just, you know, the because I think when I think of the flute, I think of orchestra. I don't think of like cool shit. Um, But then Lizzo came on the scene and made it cool for the girls that play flutes to come, you know, to thaw out and come play, which I think that's pretty cool. (laughs) That's very cool. And I just think like, I mean, after listening to your stuff and actually listening to your story here, listening to your music and then listening to your story here, I just think that uh, like, even if, like, you know, you're having your your uh, your mom was a pianist and uh, having music in your family. I just, I just think that you would be good, great at it. Just, you know, messing around with it. I think it would I think it's in you. Uh, I would love to hear it, you know. And so I'm looking forward to this coming year as you challenge yourself and do some of that stuff. That's great. Uh, let me ask you this. As you do dive into that, have you messed around with any particular software? Like, I don't know whether GarageBand or Pro Tools, Ableton, is there any stuff stuff that you like that you messed with? So, so I am in FL Studio. Like, that is, like, where I live because that's where all my producer friends live. So that I've been, you know, messing around in there. I love, I'm a Waves plug-in girl. Um, I'm so glad that they have the subscription only model or not the subscription only model, but they have a subscription model now to have all of the um, plugins available because that has allowed me to like use my voice as an instrument for production. But for the most part, I work in um, FL Studios because I remember, um, producers back in the day in Oklahoma working on Fruity Loops, but to see it evolve into what it is now, I'm just like, you know, when you when you standing on business, like you can truly evolve in this music game because there have been so many dope songs that were made in Fruity Loops. For sure. And like we still enjoy them. They're TikTok dances now, but... You know... Uh, I, I just want to chime in there. I, for sure, you know, it's funny because back in the day when I first started dipping my toes into music recording, everybody used Fruity Loops for the simple reason that the crack was available on all the torrent sites. You could easily download the crack. <laughs> and, you know, we were all broke musicians, so that's how we all uh, got into it. But what you're saying, though, is so true. Like, over the years, like, first off, they came out of the gate. They're, that software was cool right out of the gate. I mean, but as the years went on, it's just really evolved and it's powerful. And like you said, like, I know Jalil Beats, he uses Fruity Loops. I know a lot of producers use Fruity Loops. They, they, or I, I call it Fruity Loops because that's what it used to be called, but it's called FL Studio. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, but, uh, but a lot of uh, great, great, great songs are produced uh, with uh, FL Studio. I think it's so cool that, that you use that. Uh, anyway, I digress. That's right. A lot of great producers do use that. You know, Ninth Wonder, big hip hop producer, um, brought um, Fruity Loops or FL Studio to light as well. I think that's great. Is I think that's great, Jen. Well, they every every year after the Grammys, and the only reason I I know that is because I'm I'm planning my trip in a couple weeks. FL Grammy game. Literally after every Grammy award show, they literally will have a page on their website 
of all the songs that won Grammys that were in like that were made in FL Studios. Wow. Like that is how thick the community is. And I, I did not realize it until I started like really taking production seriously and considering myself as a producer because there have been a lot of like amazing hits throughout the years. And what it, it was made in what, 2001, 2002? One of those years, but it's still cranking out here. Yeah, it's awesome to see like a software like that that's still like thriving and, and growing and, and people are still using it and even new people are 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 uh, are getting to it, you know, uh which is great. Love that. Uh wanted to know, <clears throat> you know, what happens from here. So you have this new song, right? Uh is it Living Life? That's the latest one. So Glass is like the latest one, but Living Life is my first uh first on chain um song. And um okay, so what's up with Glass and what so what well what are we doing here? Like so what 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 do we look for for at you know for Jen Marie? Like what's next? Is there a full album? Are you working on another single? Tell us a little bit, take us into your world as to where you're going. Yes, so um, I'm finishing up my album. It's called No Crying in the Club. Um, And I've been working on it um, for a couple months now, but it's really been like you just, I don't ever force myself during the creative process. I literally make music when it feels good. Like I don't ever try to force myself to be in a studio unless I'm working on like a, a sync brief or something that needs like a fast turnaround. And it's like mechanics. Like y'all have already given me the, the tracks nine times out of 10. So all I have to do is follow instructions. But like, as far as like making an actual project or any song, you know, I kind of like go through this, you know, process of, you know, what exactly do I want people to leave with? Do I want them to feel good about themselves? Do I want them to think? Do I want them, you know, to get ready for bed? Do I want them to get ready to travel? Like, what experience, like, what do I want for um, my listeners? And nine times out of ten, I'm always like, I just want them to feel good. Whether feeling good means, like, getting over a heartbreak feeling good or hanging out with the homegirls feeling good. I just want people to just listen to my music and feel good. So... I've been like, I'm like three, I have three songs left on the project. And one of the things that I ask myself about the the songs, because originally I wanted to be like a disco album, but then I was just like, I have like a lot of dance tunes, but I also want people to know that I also sing R&B because that's like my roots. So I've been going back and forth with producers that I trust. Um, because of the relationship, I see why um, producers work with a couple of artists. I see why Brian Michael Cox works with Monica or Brandy, or I see why 40 worked with Drake for a long time. I see why um, Zaytoven worked with Future for a long time. It's just when you find a producer that gets your sound, gets your voice, it just they just understand you. They don't make your songs out of key or out of your um, range to sing or rap on or whatever. So when I went to my producer, uh, Willis, I said, this is what I want for, for the album. I want, this is the title, No Crying in the Club. And this, the, the actual title came from just, I saw some girl in the club in the bathroom with her friends just crying the night away. And I'm like, honey, you have a section. The DJ is playing all your favorite songs. Like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And she was telling me that, you know, she got 
her little feelings hurt with her, you know, ex, her now ex-boyfriend or whatever. And I'm just like, all the more reason to go on the dance floor. And when I left the actual club, I was like, you know, I want an album about no crying in the club. So it literally has all the emotions that you could experience after a breakup at a club. You go from, oh, I'm happy I'm over this to, oh, no, I'm not over this to, you know what, let's party one more time, another shot, another round of tequila. But no, I really don't want to go home because I'm going home all by myself. So it literally, all the waves of like a breakup and going to the club afterwards, that is really what this album depicts. Um, And it goes back to like my ultimate goal. How do I want people to feel when they leave, like when they listen to my album? Yeah, I think, think, you know, for me, a good album, a great album is when you can listen to it from beginning to end without fast forwarding, even even like rewinding the song to play it again. Like those are the the albums when you know that the magic was just made on that album, when you can listen to it fully uh, and everything sounds right on this album here that you're working on. And I know like being a perfectionist, you know, is, is tough sometimes in music because sometimes with that, you just don't ever put your music out because you're never satisfied. When do you realize or when did you realize as you're making these songs for this album that you were good and you were content with the, with the completion of each song? Honestly, I'm like a more of a set it and forget it type person when it comes to like, like making music because I feel like sometimes artists can really get in our own way and we'll try to perfect something over and over and over again. And really we're forcing ourselves to basically kind of start all over because we second guess ourselves. Whenever I leave the studio, like that's it, that I'm done with the song. Like I don't leave the studio until I feel like it is to my best ability. I don't ever say, oh, you know, I can just come back and, uh, you know, finish that tomorrow or at the next studio session. No, 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 no. We're going to stay here until we get it right. Until I feel like, you know, this is, I can live with this on wax. Like that has always been like my thing. Oh, this can live, this could live on wax forever. When I get there, when the notes are right, when the, when the soft mix is really good, I'm like, okay, all right. So you have a little bit of work to do on, you know, post-production when I leave. But you don't have to do don't surgery. Have to do surgery. Um, I'm very, I, I'm very much so an artist that records a lot of dry vocals. I don't like a lot of effects on my voice. Like when I'm recording, um, I leave that to the producers when I leave because I, I feel like me singing in the raw form without any effects on my voice in the studio will allow me to one hear how it sounds and know how to fix stuff like during playback. Or if I start singing something and I'm like, oh no, this is that's not hitting. Like I'm like, nah, stop, start it over, or punch me in here. Like it's it's very much so. I do it. I'm my own like competition in the studio. So once I feel like I've won the round on a song, I'm like, all right, cool. I leave it to y'all. Make sure you put this on the hard drive so you know nobody loses it. Because that's the other thing in the studios. Like when you go. If you don't have like your hard drive together or, you know, you don't have a plan of how the songs are going to get transferred to what hard drive, like stuff comes up missing. And that has happened to me a few times. I'm like, yeah, no. Yeah. For the most part, I record at home now. (laughs) I, I can so relate to that, you know, and that's such a thing, you know, to 
have that foresight and organize your files correctly. It's such a big deal. You know, uh, back uh, when I would have uh, people produce or mix my stuff, I've actually had, like, verses changed and stuff. And I'd be like, well, what happened to that verse? And the guy would be like, well, I, lo I lost that verse. <laughs> you know? It's crazy. Like, uh, but, and then, uh, it's, you know, you really have to have a system. And then there's that old saying, unless you have... Three, I don't know if I don't really do this. If you have three, uh, unless you have three copies of it, it doesn't exist in a computer world, you know? So, I mean, there's that too. Like, you do it and then you, you file and you, you, you have it organized correctly, but then sometimes hard drives crash, you know? Have, has that ever happened to you? Have you ever recorded some stuff and the hard drive failed and you lost what you were doing? Um, it only happened once and I only need to learn a lesson once before I'm like, you know what? I don't have to learn this again. Um, but now like with uh, technology and a lot of us like being able to record at home. Um, the first thing I'm asking at um, the studio is, you know, this is, this is the hard drive that we're using to It said everybody was muted. Yo, is can I, is that you there? Yeah, I'm I'm here. Oh, I, can you was, hear me? That was that was my bad. I'm sorry, my phone. I this I, I never do spaces for my phone. Every time I, I had to do it for my phone tonight, so I actually you know dropped my phone. Sorry about that. Apologize. You're fine. You're fine. But anyways, um, I I make it to where like whenever I'm in the studio, I literally come in with a hard drive and I'm like, hey, this is the hard drive that everything, all the stems are going to be on. Because especially now as an artist, as a creative, because we know that we only get paid like pennies, quite literally, for our music, I'm always thinking of the life of the song when I'm in the studio. I want all the stems. So just in case, you know, I get a sync place north a music supervisor says hey you know we would like this more up tempo or we need to change the production on this different things like that those are the things that also like more are for in the forefront of my mind now as an artist because people are not just making music or money doing their own music like their music is being placed in film and tv and video games so that has kind of changed my etiquette in the studio as well because it's just like yeah no um everything needs to be on this hard drive so that i know that whenever somebody reaches out to me or i get a song brief in my inbox you know i have what they need it, and if i don't i have the stems and i have a producer that i'm like hey i got this brief i'm sending it to your inbox here's a dropbox folder of my stems can you fix so that's kind of really how i like approach music not only for like myself but also for other projects um because i'm really into music and film and how we get placed in that realm because that's really honestly how producers and artists are making their money for being a hundred percent 
That's such a great uh, point. And if there's any musicians out there, you know, to have the foresight to do that while you're recording and making the music, make sure you have your stems. You know, maybe if there's some profanity in this song, maybe do a clean verse or, you know, I don't know, like a, have a different version, but just to have all that organized. So when the opportunity does knock, you're locked and loaded and ready to, you know, turn it around really quickly. That's that's great advice. Uh, thanks for sharing that with us, Jen Marie. Most definitely. And she mentioned something too about like, you know, the soundtracks and stuff like that. And just ironically enough, I did a little bit of a write-up. I've been doing these little write-ups on music and stuff that's been influential in my life, uh, bands, music groups, songs, whatever. And so I, I'm, I'm almost finished with it. But uh, this dude by the name of Ed Bogus, uh, Edgar no uh, Noel Bogas. Uh, this guy has been uh, an American musician and composer. I mean, he's done a tremendous amount of uh, soundtracks, and I'm excited to um, to let people know about this guy um, because I think it's important, um, you know, for, for it, you know. And and speaking of it, Jen, you know, I want to know um, how do you place your music? How do you look to get your music placed in in a in a you know, in a movie, you yourself. Well, so I am a part of um, this group called NARIP. It's the National Association for Record Industry um, Professionals. I've been a member for years and I call them the mom and pop shop because like the median age is like up there. Um, But it's been a plethora of like information. Like I met one of the... A mentor of mine, his name is Judd Friedman. He co-wrote um, Whitney Houston's Run to You. I met him at um, South by Southwest like years ago. And I, I'm one of those people because I grew up around older musicians. Like they all have the same kind of aesthetic or vibe. It could just be me, but I'm like, I can tell somebody that is like a music industry person that might be retired or might like not do that full time because they just have a, a vibe about them. And um, we got to talking and I own a, a, another catalog that's not mine. Um, I own my uncle's gospel catalog right now. And I was talking to him about it and he was just like, oh, well, then you should like join this group, you know, to where you can, you know, get your music, try to figure out what to do with this catalog. Come to find out they actually like have um, sync um, camps. They have writing camps specifically for sync. They have um, their music industry brunches in LA, um, in Atlanta, in New York now. Um, and I just like got involved. I, I was asking questions. Call me a former journalist. I think I'm going to always have that research and asking questions bug. But um, I met with Tessa, who's um, the executive director over NARIP. And I was like, hey, you know, I have some some music in my catalog, my singing catalog was only like three songs at the time. And she's like, well, first you need to get your reps in and this is what we're looking for, blah, blah, blah. And she's just been like a vessel to um, help me get like placements and whatnot. But then also um, LinkedIn, people sleep on LinkedIn um, for our recording artists, especially because there's like music supervisors galore and they check their LinkedIn all the time. And sometimes they'll even share what they're looking for. Um, so sometimes I will um, look for a music supervisor and then I'll see like the different songs that they've placed on IMDb and then I'll go to tune fine and I'll, I'll listen to songs that are on like my favorite TV shows 
and just go down the rabbit hole and find these people. And you do that so often to where after a while, they'll start coming to you. They'll be like, hey, you know, I have this thing, you know, this uh, TV show that I'm working on. I, I think that you have some songs that be on the catalog, like in your catalog to be great. Um, I utilize disco all the time to organize my catalog with like the right metadata and stuff. Like it really truly is for independent artists. It is a music business. Not only are you having to create your music, you're having to market it. You're having to put like social media dollars behind it, finding new ways to get your music out and sharing it and doing new tools and, and testing out, you know, music NFTs and on chain, like just figuring out one, how to get your music out there, but then also um, grow your fan base. And then also just, you know, be a creative. Like what, what are you doing every day? I ask myself, what have I done today to create? Whether that means write a journal entry, whether that means, you know, sing something or some kind, something to exercise that muscle because things are always changing in this business. And the business part of music sometimes get murky because we we just want to create. I was one of those people that just wanted to create. And then I was like, oh, I'm not getting paid to just create. I, in order to get paid to create, I have to be like, a one with the business stuff. That's awesome. Right I mean, thanks, for, thanks for sharing that. That that was um, a lot of stuff I learned. I'm gonna have to listen back to this, you know, um, so I can get those things because I don't write write stuff down when I'm when we're doing the show. I just you know I don't. It's just me. Um, but it, I mean, so many different aspects and 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 ways to get to where you want to go, which all leads back to my question earlier today on somebody else on a Golden Show and uh, Ben, and which was marketing and promoting, marketing and advertising. How do you, you know, so I think, you know, look, the, the utilizing LinkedIn, I would have never thought in a million years, not a million or one years about <laughs> LinkedIn, you know what I mean? And so, and I know that you have a LinkedIn page because I've peeped it, I've checked it out. And um, now you're going to lead me on a path to do some, you know, some research on, on LinkedIn and, uh, and, and music. So I, I Thank you, Jen. Thank you for 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 bringing that. Over here, I don't gatekeep. I like it. I like it. And and then speaking of like this whole tokenized thing, tokenization and tokens and coins and this NFT space that we're in, this this Web three space. You are um, well. You were um, part of the rug DAO, correct? Or are you still there? Because I don't pay attention Not to there, it. There, hanging out. Yeah, I I, I gave up on discord <laughs> we're everywhere and nowhere at the same time yeah i'm taking a break from it but tell me what's what's good with the rug dow what led you to the rug dow uh what led you to a dow like in general what's funny is when i first um heard of rug radio i was thinking about quitting my job at cbs news i was at i was in new york at the time and i was like you know what Music is calling my name more often. I was literally at a place in my career to where, like, I would literally get off of work, go take a nap, and then be at, like, different bars and different uh, music venues for concerts and doing shows and stuff. And then we'll go to work still probably smelling, like, cigarette smokes and, like, whatever that I was having at the bar. And I was like, I can no longer do this. I need to pivot some form but still, I, I didn't want to completely break up with journalism, but I knew that I wanted to do something different. So when I found out about Rug Radio, it was just happenstance. It was like, I don't even know how I even 
got into Farouk's Discord. I don't know how I was invited. Somebody invited me and I clicked the link. Um, and I just followed the the Web3 decentralized media. I was like, oh, this is, I could, these are some transferable skills that I have that could, you know, be meaningful here. Um, so Mint happened. I got in at Mint and then I just was in and out of the Discord, in and out of uh, GM Web3. Um, and then the first DAO uh, council, the 33-member DAO, happened, and I was just like, hmm, I wonder what they're going to do. And when it came time for, like, the next round um, of DAO council members, I was just like, you know, I'm in this space. I have one foot in, like, journalism and one foot in, like, Web3 and music. Like, there has to be a way that I could do this with this particular community because all people are cool. We all have different interests. Like, what could I do? Like, would I even be, would my insights even be valuable? Because I'm not a blockchain nerd. I haven't been in crypto since 2016. Like, I don't have that story. Um, but everybody was welcoming. Like, I'm, Tanya was a really, really good resource. Dido was a good resource because they had been on the Dow before. I'm talking to them offline. Like, do you think I should do it? Like, this is what I'm thinking about. I really want to bridge Web3, you know, media and music somehow, some way. And Tanya was like, yeah, we we can find some ways. Just, you know, get more active in the Discord. You'll find new people that, you know, share the same interests as you. And by golly, Miss Molly, she wasn't lying. And that's really honestly how I got a, a part of the DAO. It literally, I, I'm a researcher. If there's a question that I want to know, I'm going to go down every avenue until I find the answer. Whether that's a person, whether that is a landing page and a website, I do not care. I want to know. Um, and that's really honestly, you know, what happened. And I've been asking questions ever since. Like, how can I be of service? Like, what skills do I have that can, you know, help get us to like this next level or help connect other like holders and figuring out what we're trying to do? Are there any musicians, any people that are on chain in the music? Because I, I would see different people that would be on on chain on these other Twitter spaces talking about music. But then I'd also see them also in the discord and i'm like hey let's you know kind of link up what you got going on how can i help so that's really honestly how i got in the rug radio fam it started out as just you know what i think i want to quit my job but not so fast let me see what this is about and then it's like oh man this is a really cool community i like the the core team they're pretty cool responsive you know and we're everywhere and nowhere at the same time and then it just you know one question leads to another answer that leads to another question to another answer. And I'm here. Great. Nice. That That's a great story. I, I love that. And uh, we're here right now. You know, we're here right now. And, and the future is looking good, I think. Uh, are you uh, planning, on, like, with music and the blockchain, and and you you release a song now. Can, can can we pin that to the top? I could, I was having trouble finding it. You have a a song that you released called uh, what's it called? Again? Yeah, I pinned it up at the top earlier. It is. Oh, let me see. If, okay, great, 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 awesome. And um, yeah, that, along that's with great... some music NFT fud as well, because we we're in a sad place right now. <laughs> we're in this place. <laughs> great, great, awesome. That was great.
and and Jen, that's how I found you in 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 the Dow there. I mean that I mean I did a little research because I looked at everybody to see who's doing what, who's what, and who's who. And then that's how I found out that you sang, and I was like, uh, awesome! Like I, another person of music that's in in this uh, rug radio thing. And that's how I found J Six. And here we go. Let's go. Look at us. Yeah. Look at us. That's a. On a real note, though, I would love to hear you singing on a J Six song. Or singing with J Six or doing something, I think. Why not do I something? I was done. It's done. I it's already lo- in the atmosphere. We, we already moving on it. I love I it. I would love that, man. That's. Right. I love collaboration. Like I, I don't believe in gatekeeping, and I'm all for collaboration because some of the greatest songs have come from the most unlikely collabs, and I stand by that. <laughs> you know what? The only thing I got to say is. I really wish you saved that awesome hook you mentioned earlier because I would love to be the guy you were telling, hey, don't cry in the club. Because you know what? I have feelings and I cry in the club sometimes, Jen Marie, and I wish I knew that song. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like that. It'd be like that. Who's but, in the club crying? Let's go. Seriously, seriously, that is a great hook. I love that. No crying in the club is such a great hook. I can't wait to hear that song when it's released. Is that, gonna, is that the name of the album, No Crying in the Club, or that's the song? Yeah, that's the single and the name of the album. I like it. No crying in the club. For real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. All right. So Jen, uh, we're you know, we're here, we're going long. Uh tell everybody where they could find you, uh, and you know, where they can buy your music and so on and so forth. Ooh, well, Jen Marie INC is everything on social media. Um right now. Just listen. The support, the likes, the shares, I welcome it all. Um, I'm working on the merch, but I'm like, you know, let's not clip the carriage before the horse on that because, you know, people can get a little cheap when it comes to merch making. And I don't want to do that. Um, Anybody, so I've been working with pools here lately um, in their creator portal. I have my own Jen Marie token. So um, holders of my NFT, or if you like follow me on Twitter or social or whatever, you can earn Jen Marie tokens, which I think is kind of cute. Um, break, those yeah, break, will be Break that down for yeah. us. Like how can people earn your token? Yeah. So um, pools, I have it um, set up now to where anybody that um, follows me on um, Twitter right now, because that's uh, what's integrated in their, um, on their platform. Um, and if anybody that owns any one of my NFTs, because I don't just do like music stuff, I do like a lot of AI generative art as well. Um, if you have a lens profile or you're on lens and you follow me or you're on sound.xyz and you follow me um, or Audius, um, you yield uh, tokens weekly um, for just participating because I'm testing out like this token gated economy um, because a lot of people want to get into music nfts to make money which that's great that's the goal but it's like if your main consumers don't understand blockchain or how to get on or what the fuck is going on like you're going to be totally disappointed because nobody's going to want to get a wallet they're not going to set it up it it takes too long people get scammed so the messaging around music nfts and blockchain and what that actually means uh, we need some massage in the messaging. Um, so that's why, like, I got into the Web3 music space and uh, joined pools as a, a creator to where I could be like, hey, you know, 
how can I ease my fans into like on-chain conversations where they can test the waters by just following me on Audius or following me on SoundCloud or Twitter or whatever and get tokens. I feel like that's a nice entry point and then we can work out the kinks from there. But that's, that's cool. what I'm doing for my part for mass adoption to happen. Yeah, I, I think, you know, when it does happen, you're going to be in a good spot, you know, because you're putting yourself there. But that's pretty freaking cool that you have your own token and a, a coin and you're, you're, yeah, just, you know, dealing with the, um, you know, with your fans and, you know, just getting people motivated to do something. Um, I think that's excellent. I want to know a little bit before we bounce out of here um, about Nefertiti's essence. So. Tell me, tell us about that. I, I see, I don't know. It looks like Beyonce, one of those images. So are these like, are like, what's going on here? Is it like, or it looks like Beyonce. Is that, who? what is this? What's going on? Tell me. So I, anybody that knows me knows I love makeup. I, I buy it even if I don't wear it. But I uh, started my YouTube channel as a, a beauty influencer years ago uh, to test out makeup. And I was a part of um, the Hug Innovation, uh, the Transient Lab um, cohort. And we were uh, tasked to create, you know, using AI, like what we like the most. Aside from music and shopping, I love makeup. So I decided to create art based on like different forms of beauty and makeup. Um, and then obviously, like, I'm a Black woman, so a lot of my art, art, when it comes to, like, putting together, like, different NFTs and, and types of art, it, it's most likely going to look like a Black woman, because that's just my, my vantage point. Um, so it basically was to just capture what I thought um, was just the creativity that Black women have in makeup. Because um, if you look at Pinterest or if you look at, you know, YouTube or even TikTok, like the makeup and different art that some of the Black women on the apps are doing, it's like, that is so nice and so neat. So that art actually um, reflects that. And then Nefertar is my fav- one of my favorite Egyptian queens. I know everybody talks about Cleopatra, but I beg to differ that um, Nefertari is like... Um, her origin story is way better, but that's just me. I think it's great. I mean, this is really cool. So how did was, I, I, the coloring, the colors, I just love those bright colors. What was your, what was the, and I know you're going to say makeup, but what was the choice of these colors? What was your thought process picking these bright colors? My favorite movie in the world is still Magnolia's. And the, my favorite line in that movie was when Julia Roberts' color uh, character says, "Pink is my signature color," and it has that has literally lived on with me since I saw the movie. Anywhere I can throw pink in the mix, or purple, or something loud like a, a bright purple or a bright green or a bright pink, yeah, I'm I'm gonna choose that door every time because it, when I see those colors, they just make me happy. That's right. I love it. I love those neon colors. I love bright, bright stuff like that. I think, um, yeah, it, you know, I, I, you know, do think that colors do um, mentally do something for you, you know? Uh, so I, I love it. It makes me feel good too. I love that. Very bright. I pinned it up to the top too for everybody to, everybody to see. 
Uh, so yeah, it's up there. If you guys want to check it out, check out the project. Uh, Jen, it's been a pleasure uh, to have you up here. I want to open the mic for me. I want to open the mic to anybody who has uh, questions for Jen. We got Golden on stage. Suze uh, did message me. She had to bounce out. Uh, so um, if anybody has any questions, please just uh, re you know request to come up or raise your hand if you want to ask Jen a question or just ask it. You know, it's only a few of us here on stage. I have a question because yeah, I met Jen. The first time I met Jen was at Art Basel the year before this past one. And, um, you know, you have like a very awesome presence in real life too. Like you're not just an online personality. So when is the next event we can catch Jen Marie at? Most likely it'll probably be East Denver or South by Southwest. Those are like the two that I'm like, oh man, definitely turning all the way up, hanging out, having a good time. Awesome. East Denver. I don't know if I'm going to be there. I think I'm going to be in Southeast Asia soon and I'll be um, doing that. I, I'm going to try and meet up with those. Um, uh, who's over there in, in uh, Malaysia? Oh God, I can't think. He's part puke. Yeah, PewCast, those guys. Yeah, I uh, look forward to meeting those guys. Yeah. Okay. That's right. I would love to, you know, maybe perform out there too while I'm there. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Who knows if they understand what I'm saying <laughs> for real? <laughs> they you understand. I, I promise yeah. you, they do. That's right. Uh, but yeah, I want to thank uh, J6. You have any any last uh, thoughts, words, or anything you want to talk to Jen about? I just uh, really had a great time uh, listening to your story, Jen, and, and I doubled down on what uh, Golden said. IRL, you know, you are uh, a really cool uh, person. You have a lot of character, um, and you have a great style sense, too. I love <laughs> I love your style sense. Uh, so I'm stoked to uh, catch you IRL, and, and possibly maybe even hear you perform IRL would be amazing. Uh, and... I'm going to uh, follow up and I'm going to send you some tracks or maybe we could work on writing some because I would love to do a track with you. I think your voice is amazing. I think your vibe is amazing. I think your writing is amazing. So let's go. Hell yes. Let's fucking go. That's right. I want to thank everybody for being here. Jen, most of all, thank you for being our guest tonight. Thank you for blessing us with your presence again and, and just happy to be that we're part of the same, you know, like this rug radio and this ecosystem and, and glad that you're doing music. going to check back with you uh, on this music NFT stuff and see, you know, just, you know, off, off, uh, off the air here uh, on another day, I'm going to reach out to you because I want to, you know, get to know a little bit different, uh, you know, some different stuff uh, with the music. Uh, yes. Line trash, my man, uh, boo, the homie, man, miss boo. Need to get Boo up on the mic too. Get up on, get him up on stage. Uh, Golden, thank you so much for for being here with us. J Six, my co-host, my man, my brother from another mother. Appreciate you. Love you, man. Girls love. I can't see the name, but girls love. Let's click on that. Girls love yeah. gadgets. Thank you for being here. Uh, thank you too. Uh, and also, uh, Lander, Doctor X. Lander came through on Friday Night Flavors and hung out with us. That was awesome. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm going to take us out. Normally I don't do this on this show, but I'm going to play four songs uh, to end our show here. One is from that dude, um, Ed Bogas. Um, he 
like I said, soundtrack extraordinaire. And this was for a movie called Black Girl uh, in the 70s. And so I'm going to play that leading into some African funk. Uh, then it's going to go into uh, Maceo, Maceo Parker, uh, played with James Brown. And then I'm going to end the set with a, a very, very cool song from Barry White, another soundtrack um, called uh, Together Brothers. So that's it. Thank you so much, Just Riffin. We're here every Tuesday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We don't miss a show. I'm also doing something special on Fridays, Friday at 7.30. It's called Friday Night Flavors. I just play music, different stuff. This Friday, I am going to be, I think, doing like uh, some hip-hop music and then the songs that they sampled from. So it could be funk, soul could be you know opera i don't know what they got i don't know but i'm, I'm putting it together curating it for this week um so hopefully you guys can tune into that as well and uh so yeah t- every tuesday just riffing rug radio fam we're doing it all right so- just riffing tuesday night half past eight know where we be just riffing special guest a tech guitar a musicology just riffing coming to you live at the same time here every week just riffing jump in the room let's chop it up it really ain't that deep just riffing all right, everybody. Thank you again. I greatly appreciate everyone being here. Hope you like the music. And if you do, uh, I will be playing music on Friday nights, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time called Friday Night Flavors. We're doing it big and doing it small, too. We're just doing it, period. And we're doing it to death. All right. Have a great night. Be blessed. See you all soon. Peace. <laughs>